But do you know Thakur on Srimad Bhagavatam and the appearance of Bhagavad Gita? Two questions here. This is from BBK Sangha, so you can refer to this. Bhagavad Thakur claimed that some parts of the Bhagavatam, the description of the hellish planets, are not meant to be taken literary, literally. They are to raise fear in conditioned souls and help them to focus more on devotional service. My understanding is that Srila Prabhupada emphasized the importance to accept with humility these teachings as transcendental truth. There is a description in the Srimad Bhagavatam of the hellish planets. And in one of the purports in that area, Srila Prabhupada says that these descriptions are true and we can understand that they are true because even on this planet we see that there are hellish conditions. For instance, um, in the concentration camps in the Second World War, some people were forced to eat their own stool. That's hellish. There are many, uh, probably all over the world at any time throughout 24 hours of day and night, someone is being tortured, almost certainly. Every government, pretty much every government, I'd be surprised, pretty much every government, they have agencies that torture their own citizens or citizens of other countries. Or there are so many wars in which earthquakes and horrible diseases, these are all horrible conditions. The pig is in a hellish condition. So Srila Prabhupada, I'm elaborating on what Srila Prabhupada said, but just to make the point that there's no reason to disbelieve that there is punishment in hellish worlds because we see it even in this world. So then that raises the question, then why did Bhaktivinoda Thakur say that it's not like that? Um, well, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, actually my my uh, introductory work on Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsar Thakur, Sri Bhaktisiddhanta Vaibhav, it's really not complete without a similar work on Bhaktivinoda Thakur, which I don't know if I'll get around to doing that in this life, because Bhaktisiddhanta as I write in that book, is completely made of Bhaktivinoda. However, as I also quote within that book, Bhaktivinoda can only be understood through Bhaktisiddhanta. Bhaktivinoda, uh, from our perspective, is uh, quite a complex acharya in as much as Yes, some of his writings, uh, we we don't accept them at all. Some of the things that he stated. Uh, But he states in in the Krishna Sanghita, he writes all kinds of strange things. But he says that this section is for the ass-like men. So he, uh, in Krishna Sanghita, he he made a presentation of Srimad Bhagavatam to try to align it with the beliefs of the so-called learned people of those days. And we find even now that there are people who try to align the knowledge in the Shastra or in the Bible or whatever with modern scientific knowledge. But it's not a very good policy because scientific knowledge is always changing. So if you say that, yes, you see the Bhagavatam, it upholds what science says. And ten years later, science will say something else. 
So then, what, what will you do? If you say that the, Bhag- the Bhagavatam upholds a mistake. There are some things, just like here, the, the, the uh, evolution of the fetus within the womb, the human fetus, uh, that's confirmed by modern science. And that's not likely, that aspect of modern science is not likely to change how the fetus develops. Uh, <clears throat> Bhaktivinoda Thakur, much of his preaching was to convince the so-called intelligentsia of his day of the value of the Shastra, uh, particularly this quote of his de- denying the description of the hellish planets to be factual. Uh, that was in uh, a, an essay which he read out as a lecture upholding the value of the Srimad Bhagavatam to people who are on intellectual grounds rejected the Srimad Bhagavatam. And also many of them, it would appear, rejected the idea of hellish suffering outright. So it was a ploy. Bhaktivinoda uh, Thakur said this to to uh, allay the doubts of people who think that well if there's a God there couldn't be any hell. People raised these doubts at that time. It was quite common. So in this case, who do we follow? Prabhupada or Bhaktivinoda? In this case, we follow Prabhupada. And generally, we follow the more... Well, it's, it's a very complex subject. Hermeneutics is the... Or hermeneutics, if you're British. Uh, how to understand Shastra. It's actually a complex subject. How about this one? Look it up. What's, prob- what's the translation? I should bring my Bhagavad Gita. You can look it up also. Also, it's in the far corner of the, over there. Nabuddhi Bedam Janayad. In this verse, Krishna says, "Do not disturb the minds of the ignorant." Where is that? Can you find that verse? Nabuddhi Bedam Janayad. I can't remember exactly the whole thing. It's in chapter three. You know where that is? Good. I'm glad you know which chapter. I hope it's in chapter 3, having said that. I'm not so sure myself. Hmm? Nabuddhi, Bhedam, Janayad. 326, is it? Right before. What's the next verse? Right before? Prakriti Kriya Maranani. Nabuddhi, Bhedam, Janayad. Agyanam, Karma Sanginam. Joshayet, Sarva Karmani. Vidvan yukta samacharan. So as not to disrupt the minds of ignorant men attached to the fruitive results of prescribed duties, a learned person should not induce them to stop work. Rather, by working in the spirit of devotion, he should engage them in all sorts of activities for the gradual development of Krishna consciousness. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking up there. It's the wrong verse. There's one purport where Prabhupada says that 
the devotee, he knows the purpose of the Lord. Let me look that up. Hmm? Third, cha- third chapter 29? Oh yeah, that must be it. Which was it? It's not. Yeah, okay. 329. Prakrite guna samurha sajante guna karmasu tana kritsna vidao mandan kritsna vinna vichalayet. Bewildered by the modes of material nature, the ignorant fully engage themselves in material activities and become attached. But the wise man should not unsettle them, although these duties are inferior due to the performer's lack of knowledge. So Krishna says, you don't disturb ignorant people, more or less. So, uh, and in the purport, uh, Prabhupada writes, Lord Krishna advises us not to disturb them and simply waste valuable time. But the devotees of the Lord are more kind than the Lord because they understand the purpose of the Lord. Consequently, they undertake all kinds of risks, even to the point of approaching ignorant men to try to engage them in the acts of Krishna consciousness, which are absolutely necessary for the human being. Krishna says one thing, and Prabhupada contradicts it, and says, you should disturb them. And we take, Prabhupada always says we should follow exactly what Krishna says, right? Bhagavad Gita as it is. But here he says the opposite, and we take what Prabhupada says as more instructive and more authorized than what Krishna says. So this is a valuable clue for understanding how to understand Shastra, that the Acharya, he understands the purpose. What's the purpose? Krishna says this, but for devotees who are preaching, who are in the line of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they, they have a higher understanding than what Krishna, than what Krishna himself gives here. So it, it's a complex subject. I mean, generally we take Shastra as it is. But in this case, we take what Prabhupada says as being higher than what Krishna himself directly says in Bhagavad Gita. Uh, 